Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we are going to give you an NWSL weekend recap. We're going to go through the standings of the Euros as well. But before we get into all that, we've got a quick reminder for everyone. Thank you all for joining us live. We are available as video. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking there for previews, recaps, exclusive interviews, and whenever we go live. We also want to remind you all that we are nominated for the Best Female Hosted Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We appreciate everything that you all do for us, including sticking around here on the live while I'm driving back from a game. <laughs> and we hope that you enjoy our show enough to nominate us and uh, to advance to the final round. So go ahead and, and uh, nominate Attacking Third at podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. And then you can toggle down to the Female Hosted Podcast category. The whole process takes less than 60 seconds. We really do appreciate it so, so much much and uh thank you all for sticking around quite frankly it's uh it's been a busy busy week for both lisa and i and obviously this weekend as well she's i'm sure you all heard her on a couple calls for the games i was at the chicago red stars game uh covering that locally and uh here we are reunited again together again lisa how you doing together again i'm good um still in my hotel room but hopefully making it back tomorrow to my home studio in, in philly uh, because we've got Mexico USA tomorrow, but yeah, you're exactly right. Busy weekend, and WSL was a little crazy. Like oh there was some crazy things that happened this weekend, and we expected that, right? Like heading into a weekend where there's huge rivalries: the San Diego Angel City, also OL Rain, Portland, um, and and missing international players. But we don't like to say missing. Well, I personally don't like to say that they're missing players. I mean, they are, but it's an opportunity for so many other players. I mean, you look at some of the the goal scorers we saw this weekend find the back of the net like that's huge for this league and and for these players um so definitely chaos <laughs> chaos especially in today's games we're recording this sunday night and there's three matches today and uh two of them at six o'clock and chaos we're gonna get into all of it but um how was your drive home from the chicago game chaos i mean it's <laughs> that stuff fills and spills into the drive right i mean it's real summertime shy vibes out here in, in the city everyone's always out during this time of year and it was a very very busy weekend out here as well there's a lot of action there's always stuff going on yeah, in, the in chicago but probably the biggest one right uh WNBA all-star game was taking place mm -hmm. on top of a red stars game uh tonight i believe there was some baseball taking place in time in in town as well, and at least a dozen different neighborhood street fests going on. So it's quite the journey to get back home. Uh, but here I am, and uh, I'm really excited and ready to talk about some of these games uh, at Chicago, watching the Red Stars take on North Carolina, uh, keeping uh, OL Rain, Portland Thorns on my on my other device while in the press box. It's a it's it's the never ending gig, right, Lisa? You got to have eyes on every single device uh, that you've got but uh we're gonna go through some of these games because i gotta tell you lisa i could not wait to get back here to talk about these games with you because i could not wait to come back on here and be like let's talk about how incorrect we were on some of these games I know. for our picks <laughs> so i was I like know. oh boy I 
completely. I agree completely. Um, I was talking to some of the play-by-plays I worked with this weekend, and I was reading off my picks for the weekend. And on Friday afternoon, they're like, "Yeah, these are really good picks. Like, good job, Lise. It's like, nice, Rudy Kazuti, good stuff." Right. And then on Sunday night, I was like, "Whoops, no, <laughs> these were bonkers." That's what I mean. Chaos ensued across the league, um, and it's so good to see. So good to see the chaos. I know uh, normally when we do this and we hop on here, we go through uh, games that uh, are probably the most freshest in in everybody's mind. So we're going to keep it moving with that as well. Sunday had the triple header uh, of matches. Lisa, let's let's start with Washington Spirit in Kansas City. I'm sure folks in the chat uh, were familiar uh, listening to the game if they were listening to the broadcast on that. Tell me, tell me the picks and then what we had going on in this game, and tell me what you thought of this match on the call. So we both had draws for this one. Um, Washington came into this match and they haven't won a game since May 1st, the opening weekend of regular season. That was before the challenge cup, right? It was the weekend before the challenge cup final and Kansas city. Meanwhile, they're on this unbelievable streak of five undefeated games. And this was their first back-to-back win in a regular season. I mean, Granted, only two regular seasons, but still huge for Kansas City. Uh, We both had draws coming into this one. And honestly, until the end of this game, right, that's like what we were looking at is just a pair of draws between these two sides because the goal did not come from CeCe Kaiser until the 63rd minute second half action. And Kaiser actually came in off the bench. Um, So a little bit of like movement there for uh, Matt Potter's side before they end up getting the goal and just like so many new faces which is pretty fun to watch and and see different things change and a Helferty back after she spent time with the U23s she's back with Washington Tara McKeown back um, she had a great game I was really impressed with McKeown and what she was able to do in the front line with Washington um, but yeah. I think A.D. French was it, the best player on the field. Her saves tonight were tremendous. She ends up saving a penalty kick. It was a great save. And then it's rebounded back into the area and she jumps on it again. Um, This was towards the very, very end of the game when Washington was doing everything to equalize and and they had their opportunities, but um, Kansas city comes out on top with just one. They probably could have had two, maybe even three throughout this match, but it did not end in a draw. Like both of us predicted. I thought, I thought, and I thought maybe, right in this one towards the end like this is it gonna get the draw there was talk to me about this penalty talk to me about what you saw on the on the foul in the moment when it when it happened the the misconversion walk us all through it so this was towards the end of the game i'm actually gonna pull up like the match summary here so i can see it okay 93rd minute right stoppage time for washington spirit that's happened it is um Alexander for Washington who got subbed on late into this game she started in the front line and then moved to the back line and then Chris Ward made some tactical adjustments towards like the 75th minute of this match realizing that Washington wasn't generating enough offense he went to three in the back pushed Alexandra forward dropped Shiva back a little bit deeper into the midfield so a uh, formation shift there Alexander gets on the ball and she starts like driving into the 18 yard box. She's got five Kansas city defenders on her, Sandra. It was, it was a little bit nuts and she ends up getting fouled. It's Taylor Leach that comes in. It was a, it was a little bit of a soft foul. I'm going to be honest, but there was contact and Alexander went down. So impressed with that call from the rookie. Um, And so then Alexander is the one that actually steps up to take this for Washington, which I was a little bit surprised about just considering um, some of the other veterans on the field. Now she's the one that drew the foul. Um, She's also a forward and she can score and she can shoot. And I like the confidence from the rookie Um, goes to take the penalty kick and it's a huge save from AD French and it bounces back into play. And honestly, Alexander didn't jump on it. She's right. She's you're the penalty kick taker. You're the closest one to the goal and to the ball and where it rebounds back into the space. And she wasn't ready for the rebound. She was more disappointed that she didn't score. Right. How can you not be? But because of that, it gives Franch a chance to jump jump on the ball. Um, Players are coming in all around her. She ends up getting hurt a little bit towards the end of it. Uh, Turns out AD Franch is okay, but uh, very surprising that um, Washington didn't finish that chance at the end of it. I mean, stoppage time. That's a that was the vibe for Sunday and and these three matches today. Stoppage time. (laughs) Yeah. No. Seriously, you're 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 correct. I, I just. 
Yeah, I felt this was this was the one for me for for my Sunday, right? We're talking about tri- triple header, so I'm like, yeah, I definitely got to get some of this game in before I dip off to go cover Chicago, North Carolina, and I just. I, I just felt there were some moments here where the spirit were really playing themselves in, into this game. And I had wondered like, yeah, this is, this is, this is going to be the draw that we actually get Craig. And it just, it just didn't happen for this team. And it's just, um, it's just part of, I think that's just part of the story of the 2022 Washington spirit this year. Uh, unfortunately, there's, there's this window of time right here in, in, july where there's a lot of teams who are all in similar positions right we're talking a lot about week to week and we're going to be previewing these matches in this month where there's these key figures who are missing you know typical starters for this for a team but when you're talking about that with washington spirit you're talking about more than their starting 11 quite frankly you're talking about more than half of your players who would typically start a match like this uh, gone, you know, absent for this month. And so maybe that obviously we talk about how that's opportunity for, for other players in the pitch. And again, I thought that there were moments for this spirit side where you kind of really saw like a bit of their depth kind of come through and sort of lead them a little bit through this game, but just unfortunate to just not see them be able to kind of capitalize on that at the end. And it's uh, it's another uh, tough result for them, quite frankly. And I just wonder if, it's a crucial time right now for a lot of teams. Yeah. They're hitting this sort of halfway mark of their season. And I know we're going to talk about that a lot with a few team, a few teams, and we're probably going to continue to talk about that in the build up into next week as well. But I just wonder if you're looking at this spirit side, if you're looking at those standings, like we've been running through them month to month, if you're wondering just sort of where and, and kind of picking and choosing how you're going to be picking up your points uh, throughout the remainder of, of the rest of this season. But all the points going to Kansas City, and there's nothing like looking ahead into the second half of your season with a total win with all three points. So congrats are in order to them. Let's go on to the next match that kicked off this Sunday with Chicago Red Stars versus North Carolina Courage. Lisa, let me tell you. Did it, compl- it, it it didn't end, I think, the way that people anticipated how it started. So the Ooh. finish was not reflective on the start in this match. But before we get into these, the deep dive on this one, before I talk a little bit about being at the game, remind everybody what we had in this one. Um, so for Chicago, North Carolina, we both had Chicago getting a win. So again, we're both wrong. We're both incorrect. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about it. So I think, again, we're talking about some of the storylines that all of the teams are kind of facing uh, going through this stretch of games. We talked about personnel that were probably not going to be available for this game. And then we got confirmation with those availability reports. When I saw somebody like a Denise O'Sullivan, who was also going to be unavailable for this team, I was like, oh, geez, I'm like, went from... I was like the meme. You seen that meme where it's like you went from worse to worse. Or I was like, oh no. I was like, oh no, North Carolina. Uh, but being at this game, watching this game live, oh my goodness, this was all North Carolina in this in this match. I think they had Chicago, they had Chicago pinned in their own half for at least the first solid six minutes of this game. Absolutely on the front foot, high pressure, and uh, Chicago looking a little bit disjointed at times. Passes were not connecting a little uh, concerning of the distribution there from Emily boy. There was a lot that was going out towards the sidelines versus up and away, you know, and trying to connect with, with players. So it, it almost sort of felt like because of some of the pressure from, from North, the North Carolina side, it just kind of really kind of wrecked up whatever game plan that Chicago had going into this one, which a lot of this year, this season, the 2022 version of the Chicago Red Stars has been about, you know, retaining possession and ensuring that they build through that and get results based on keeping the ball. But they had difficulties doing that in this one towards uh, towards the beginning of it. Now, towards the latter stage, for me, Lisa, this game, heading into halftime, things had gotten a little bit more even. Uh, it just, the after North Carolina got that goal against Chicago within the opening 15 minutes there, it kind of maybe woke things up a little bit. And that happens sometimes, you know, for if a team is looking a little bit disjointed going into this game, the goal, going down a goal, kind of wakes them up a little bit. And as it sort of rode into the halftime point, we saw Chicago close out their first half with a really good opportunity in the corner there. 
and it's a little bit of chaos happening in the box, but just not enough breakthrough there for them. So it seemed promising. It sort of seemed, in my opinion, like, okay, team is going down a goal into halftime. Maybe they'll come out and look a little bit different, but no adjustments made for yeah. Chicago during halftime. And that was something that I was looking for going into the start of this second half. And I was like, uh-oh, not bring, making some adjustments here in the second half. Maybe the coaching staff saw enough there in the towards the end of the first half to still get that starting 11, a run out there, and try to build on things. But North Carolina extended the lead in this game just three minutes into the second half. And uh, that's tough to do, I think, if you're trying to like still work that momentum back in your favor, especially as the home side in this game. For sure. You got to, um, I want to give a shout out, Carson Pickett, first NWSL goal, uh, North Carolina. She got the opening goal for them in the first half, as Sandra was just alluding to, 22nd minute. And then Brittany Radcliffe, she gets the second for North Carolina, uh, 49th minute. Yes, just a few minutes into this yeah. second half. Now, there's been some controversy with the call here um, about a penalty kick. Which one? <laughs> like, which one? Yeah, a few of them. Um, kind of what happened there? What did you see throughout this? Did some people in our chat asking, did Chicago deserve the win? Was what about the penalty kick that wasn't called? What are your thoughts on some of these? I don't know about uh, I don't know. I have a real hard time with the word deserved. <laughs> yeah, I real do I really do. I have a hard time with the word. This is a Sandra statement. I feel and I feel statement. I'm not like, you know, saying this is fact or whatever. I just have a tough time with the word deserved in, in pro yeah. sports. You know, everyone's out there on both sides of the ball trying to work hard to pick up a result and you could use it for either way. You know what I mean? So, um, but no one actually won in this game. It ended up, it ended up in, a, in a draw for, for both teams. But uh, I, I honestly, I thought there was a lot of stuff that kind of didn't go called in, in a game like this, but um, I don't know if I would say it necessarily you know, it would impact the end if you're if you're North Carolina. I think if you're North Carolina, you're really disappointed in yourself for allowing Amanda Kowalski to do that. Yes. Um, because in my opinion, North Carolina's back line was absolutely dominating mm -hmm. and dictating the tempo of this game for both sides of the pitch, to be quite frank. They were dictating it, yes, of course, for their team, but it they really caused a lot of problems for Chicago to be able to connect with each other as a team and to try to build up. Uh, and for me, there was a lot of, there were some things there on both sides of the ball that weren't being called. I mean, there was a moment where Vanessa Bernardo got taken out and there could have been a really good free kick opportunity there in the game for the Red Stars. And that was not given to them and ended up leading to that, that corner kick. Um, you know, uh, quite frankly, there was a, a set piece earlier for North Carolina that almost was an Olympico, and I thought that was yeah. a goal, quite frankly. Um, but I'm up and away in the press box. I'm not on the pitch officiating this game. Um, that's not my role. That's not my job. This is just me saying it's sort of what I saw. But I mean, I would I thought I was like, wow, I was like North Carolina coming in here, getting yeah. nailing an Olympico, and they just they said, nope, that's there was a foul on there, so they took that away. Um, I, I like that yeah. you're shouting out North Carolina's defense. Oh, so good. Great game. And and Caitlin Rowland, goalkeeper for North Carolina, five saves throughout this yeah. match. I, 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 I don't really think they really tested her until, you know, kind of further yeah. down the stretch of the game, um, which I think was was obviously to North Carolina's benefit. But it was great sort of seeing Carson Pickett kind of uh, moved a little bit positionally in this game. She was kind of in the middle, uh, helping dictate things in the middle third there for the team at times, kind of playing a little bit more centrally. Um, Abby Ersek having a really good game. Mary Mathias gave Sarah Lubert a ton of fits out there, 100%, um, which is why I thought maybe we were going to see some – had more halftime uh, adjustments, but um, I think the subbing for Chicago went a little too long. Like maybe they really should have brought that three kind of player change more at the half versus kind of at the, at the hour mark, but uh, it, it contributed. The ending of this game contributed to, to the narrative of the chaos around this weekend. At one point I was in the press box and, and my colleague Claire Watkins can, can vouch for me. I'm like, Chicago's going to end up getting a goal in like the 90th minute, like watch what happens. And then, and I thought like that was going to be it. I was like, you know what, if this team gets a goal late in the game and they still lose, that's yeah. good for them. like they can build on that and go build on that into next week. No big deal. But they didn't get just the one. It was the two. So they, 
Yeah. Ended up snatching, snatching some points there from North Carolina. In the stoppage time. So looking at the timeline of it. So North Carolina is up by the 50th minute. 2-0 over Chicago in this match. The stoppage time comes, and that's when Chicago gets their first goal. Sarah Griffith, uh, 90th plus one. And then 90th plus five is the Kowalski goal. Amanda Kowalski, she gets the equalizer for Chicago, and that's the one that uh, you're disappointed in in North Carolina's back line. Yeah, it was a little bit of a soft goal on, on how it kind of came about. But, I mean, huge for Chicago to fight till the end. And, and that's what I mean, chaos on this Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, it was, uh, in, the, in the stoppage time or opportunities really in the stoppage time. And let me tell you, sort of having like my being at, at this game and watching this and then we're going to transition here because and keeping my eye on this other one. And you'll and you'll be able to chime in on this one as well, because we're talking about all right now versus Portland Thorns. We have another game that ends in a 2-2 scoreline. We talked a lot about this game in the preview, Lisa. We were like. This is one of the longest standing rivalries in NWSL, uh, organic, regional, built from the ground up, now a decade later still in place. And uh, another one, another one, 2-2 with the final scoreline in this one. And I just, uh, watching, <laughs> watching, I'm going ahead of my of the game here, but for me, the point of the turn of the game, I, I really loved seeing the goal from Sugita and then I really loved seeing the goal from Bethany Balser as well give me some of your thoughts on this game but also our picks picks we both had OL rain taking the win in this one it was home for them played at Lumen Field um, but when you looked at the the availability reports for these sides and and looking at everyone that <laughs> Well, Rain was missing. They've got so many internationals, um, which forces change upon Laura Harvey that maybe she wouldn't have had with like uh, Sydney Mira Montez starting in the outside back position because Huerta was is gone. She's with the U.S. team. Uh, Balser gets the start. Fishlock as well, which was great. But just a lot of new names on this roster for OL Rain and, and in the starting lineup. And to start this match, um, it, there ends up being an own goal, which is just devastating. A devastating way for OL yeah. to start it. It's yeah. McLernan. Yeah, it's it's McLernan. Um, she's ends up the defender for OL Rain finds the back of the net, and within about a minute, OL Rain equalized uh, technically on themselves, but they they get an equalizer. Yeah. So this was crazy. I was um, actually still calling the other game, but I was watching this one happen and like looking at like the timeline of events of this. And at 15 minutes, I was like, this is, this game is one, one, Holy cow. We've got a lot coming for us in this second half. There's a lot of good soccer, Portland, controlling so much of this game though and, and owning a lot of it the goal from Hina Sugita just fantastic in the 60th minute so that was the the second and what could have been the game winner for Portland ultimately a flurry of changes happened and then in the 81st minute Bethany Balser a tremendous she's this is what OL Reign is missing right they don't have that goal score when you look through their roster they have so many different players that can do incredible things and are so creative and good on the ball. They're, they're stacked in that department in terms of playmakers, creative players, but they don't have that, that goal scorer, that player that's just going to do anything and everything to get the ball in the back of the net. You look at an Ashley Hatch or an Alex Morgan um, and Oh, rain doesn't have that. And Bethany Balser can be that player for them. And she's on, she's on track to do that. And her goal tonight, fantastic. The equalizer for OL rain in the 81st minute. Um, and then a, a flew of a slew of yellow cards at the end of this one. Fishlock gets one uh, getting rowdy towards the end of this game. But um, I want to see more of that from Bethany Balser. And perhaps this is the moment where she'll get to do that. I'm with you. I, uh, I think this one delivered quite frankly, I, uh, <laughs> Well, seeing some of the reaction to to the game of this in in real time on online, obviously when we're all when we're all logged in, we never log off, right? And uh, just sort of seeing the reaction to it, I just brought a smile to my face. I just thought like this is this is just like so great to see that how this has just built up over time. And I know folks were excited about seeing somebody like Tobin Heath in. Um, the availability on the game day roster, like what was their potential to see 
you know, the return there, uh, Laura Harvey in post game, just sort of confirming that it wasn't gamesmanship, but it was just really about, you know, getting Tobin Heath back into uh, a team environment with the club on the bench, uh, you know, but she's close mm-hmm. to getting minutes uh, back with the team. So even, you know, that was stuff like that is really good to see uh, as well. And you know what? I know when we started off doing previews in July, Lisa, I was like, you know what? It's going to be Jaws. Like everyone should be, this is like the energy with these final two games <laughs> to close out Sunday. I was like, this is what I was talking about. Like this right here. Like there's just uh, going to be a lot of that. A lot of the, the energy is going to be like, well, we're just going to get a result. We're just going to get this result. So uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break because we've got more games to get through for everyone and we've got to talk a little bit about some more global women's soccer happening across the world so stay tuned we'll be back to break all that down for you next okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Folks who are going to be listening to this via podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, we played the only trailer July 12th on Paramount Plus is where you can watch it. We had a great we had a great time with Brianna Scurry out in L.A. She joined us for our live show. Every time I see that trailer, Lisa, I get so amped. Chills, chills. I know it started playing. And for everyone on YouTube, um, that's what you watch. And Sandra and I can still see each other behind the scenes here. And she starts fist pumping. I didn't tell her that that was our trailer. That was our, our promo for today. The only Brianna, Brianna Scurry. It is fantastic. Um, sneak peek. I got a screener of the whole movie. I watched it on my flight down here to call these games. Chills. This is so great. Um, I was just reliving like the days of the 99 her story is fantastic. She's an incredible person, athlete, human, and uh, her deser- her story deserves to be told. Definitely check out The Only. And if you're listening as a podcast right now, watch the trailer first because it'll give you chills and hype you up for the documentary dropping on Paramount Plus July 12th. Yeah. Can't wait for everybody to... Uh... To take a look at that and uh, just know what we're talking about, basically, and just say that just just know that it's uh, it's incredibly cool to sort of see that. Just finally see that kind of uh, come come to light. But uh, we've got a few more games to break down for everyone here, and a few more predictions that we may have gotten correct or may have gotten wrong that we got to go through. Let's take it back back into time. Let's go to Friday's matches with Orlando Pride versus Houston. Dash, I can't wait to get your thoughts on this one, Lisa. We've got Orlando Pride one zero. Tell us the picks and tell so us what's on this match on the call. You had Houston uh, winning this one. I had Orlando yeah. getting the win over Houston. I just thought that Orlando was going to pull something out, um, and they for sure did. It actually, ends up being called an own goal. It was not called an own goal in real time and for anyone that watched this game live I was on the call with Josh Eastern and we thought it was an own goal during the highlights I was like yeah it's gonna be changed as an own goal it goes um this goal coming from uh, an Orlando corner kick in the 79th minute it, it gets half cleared out by Houston sent back into the box by Orlando and then uh Kylie Strom uh, flicks it on with her head, but it ends up going off the knee of Prysock and then just skimming under Jane Campbell's arm. It was like slow motion watching this ball go go in, but definitely an own goal, and it is awarded as an own goal. Um, so Strom for about like maybe 45 minutes there, thought she had back-to-back goals and back-to-back games for Orlando Pride. She did not, though. Um, but this game was a lot of different vibes in this game. I mean, Darian Jenkins is 
an incredibly impressive and fun player to watch. She just does so much in the attack for Orlando. I, I think Aaron McLeod in goal for Orlando had a really good game as well. Um, with Houston, I was I didn't see as much as I wanted to see from Ebony Salmon, right? We saw this trade happen with Racing Louisville sending yeah. Salmon to Houston and, and Houston losing a lot of players during this international break, all of their goal scorers, right? The last time Houston and Orlando played, it was a 5-0 win for Houston. Uh, Michelle Prince getting the first hat trick in Dash history, Rachel Daly getting on the board, and Prince not there, Daly not there, Sanchez not there, uh, Sophie Schmidt in the midfield not there. And because of that, I, I wanted more players to step up from Houston. And and they battled and they had their moments. Um, I, I think that Tim Rack did a, just a fantastic job for Orlando. She was all over the pitch, and ultimately Orlando comes out with it in the end. It ends up being an own goal, but um, they had more of the chances. 11 shots for Orlando to six for Houston, six on target out of Orlando's 11 shots. It was it was a, a good game for Orlando, I'm going to say. Yeah, I was impressed with actually how they came out. I mean, I, I thought that they were going to get another one quite frankly, uh, we'll get one prior to uh, that late own goal because you're talking about an own goal that's occurring with, you know, what, a few, maybe 10, 11, 12, 13 minutes left in the game, depending on stoppage at, at this point. Uh, but in the buildup, even leading up to to that 80th minute or so, um, I'm, I'm with you. I thought that they had some good looks or, or the pride in, in terms of, they're attacking third to be able to try to capitalize on that. But uh, that's just not how it rolled out. I mean, we, we saw a lot of draws this weekend, and sometimes we see a lot of narrow score lines in the National Women's Soccer League as well. And this was, I think, one of those where you're just sort of – you generate your attack in, you know, the best possible way you can. And I guess for Orlando this night, it was forcing – an own goal, creating a bit of, of chaos, you know, to, to ensure that something like that happens. Um, I'm with you I, in terms of sort of some of the performances that we saw uh, on the Houston side of things. You know, Lisa, I just I think if you make a move for a player like if you're Houston and you make a, a move for a player like Salmon and give you're giving this player the start, you want to see them attack generate. But this is a player that wasn't able to get on the ball a whole lot, maybe looking here at the stats just you know 26 total touches yes, over she, she over her 90 minutes so I, either they're not finding her or they're not connecting with her or not and a part of that is hey it's a, it's a new player to the squad you're getting adjusted players are going to be probably be getting a, you know more familiar with her movement on the pitch as as time goes on so i'm i'm hopeful that she can you know create an impact for for this team in in the near future uh but it just unfortunate, which wasn't happening um, in, yeah. in, this game, in this game tonight. So, or in this game on Friday night. So a uh, big win, I think for Houston in terms of the, the game that they were coming off of that big NASCAR race kind of game. Um, and then sort of build off a draw. So it's something they can point at and say, Hey, we're undefeated in these, in these two games, as we sort of look ahead to this, this second half of, of the season. Now the other match on friday evening we had I, racing jump on to this next match i'm sorry i i'm pulling out my notebook for these games i have my notebooks for attacking third i got my notebooks for the game and um i write down players names and, and during the games i write down like key moments and things yeah. that i like that i can reference throughout and i've jane campbell's name written down a number of times she had a good match um, oh, yeah. a lot of saves for houston at six throughout this one it was one zero for a reason yeah yeah and and it ended up being an own goal and it just barely went under campbell's arm so i just wanted to shout her out because i'm a lot in my notebook yeah (laughs) i love i love that the broad the broadcaster's notebook just i gotta say it i gotta say no i'm with you they're like of all my broadcasting notes uh, because now we're talking about all these games i gotta get them out yeah, no, there's there's a hundred percent. There's absolutely reason why it ended in a in a narrow score like that, like that one zero. Uh, the next one that happened on Friday was racing Louisville versus Gotham FC. Lisa, we got to talk about it. Two one, the score line in this one. Remind the folks of our picks, and let's talk a little bit about this game. Eight yellow cards in this match. That's yeah. the stat I'm going to start with before I give everyone our picks. Thank you. We both had Racing Louisville taking the win in this game, um, and it, that is not the case at all. They go Oof. down a goal, and, and 
an amazing screamer from Paige Monahan for Gotham to start the the goal scoring in the 25th minute. It was tremendous. You've been talking about Paige Monahan, and you thought last week against Chicago, Monahan was going to take off and, and get this type of screamer. She and saved she it. She did it. She <laughs> saved it for the local match. She said, "I'm going to show up in this one." I appreciate that. I like saying, hey, I want to see this certain type of performance from a player, and then the player delivers it. It's an awesome feeling. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, watching Paige Monahan, like I said, uh, sort of me keeping an eye on her is, is knowing the type of damage she could, she could do. I, I, she's given the Chicago Red Stars fits, and I've, got, I've gotten to see that in person at times, uh, covering games locally out here. And uh, watching that happen against Louisville, I was like, okay, this is the one. And you can see, too, the energy, the body language in which this, this goal takes place, the opening goal in which this takes place. It's like you could just tell. It's like the the well had water all of a sudden. The pores were cleansed. You know, everybody was feeling well rested and hydrated. It just you could just see like the the whole body language around the celebration of this of this goal. It was like a very very celebratory for for Gotham. Uh, I would imagine that they are they're not a team that's unaware of their current struggles in in 2022. So them finally getting on the scoreboard in this game, it was obvious that they were elated. It was huge. And the f- most fun fact about Gotham um, that it's I heard right before this match kicked off is that every game that Gotham won, they've had a clean sheet. And every game that Gotham lost, they had not scored. So they had been shut out. So basically, if Gotham scored, they were going to win up until this point. Um, and I mean, I guess that still stands, but they gave up a goal. One to Racing Louisville in this match. It's uh, DeMello. Of course, it's DeMello. Not off a set piece, Ugh. though. Run of play. Uh, a beautiful shot by her. It was truly tremendous. We're seeing things in the chat. Uh, DeMello 2023 World Cup. I'm here for it because. <laughs> This, this goal was fantastic from DeMello. We've now seen her do it in such a variety of ways and impact this game for Racing Louisville. She's such a fun player to watch, and, and it's really impressive to see. Uh, but Gotham ends up getting the game winner, and it's Taylor Smith. Huge, Love huge. Got released from North Carolina or, or her and the club parted ways. I'm not entirely sure of the terminology and Gotham was able to pick her up. And what a huge grab for Scott Parkinson for Gotham. They they need goal scorers right now and someone that can kind of kickstart their attack, light a fire under them, bring something different to what Gotham has been struggling to do this year. And Taylor Smith uh, seems to be the answer at this point. She gets the game winner. For Gotham at the end of this match, that goal coming in the 80th minute, Kawasumi nods the assist is huge, huge. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed this game from from beginning to end. Uh, watching Gotham get the breakthrough, honestly, watching Demello uh, level it up, it was so awesome to see that. I just we talked again. We going into July, we're like, this is going to be the opportunity. This is the moment for certain players to sort of grab onto it and maybe never give it back, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, uh, making decisions hard for coaching staffs once maybe other players return to rosters. And you're seeing somebody like DeMello and the growth week to week is a player that's saying, you need to have me in the starting 11. No more coming off the bench, right? So it hasn't been that way for a while for her, and with good reason, because she's – Nailing him on 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 set pieces apparently can nail him in the run of play, and it was such a great great goal to sort of see from from the young rookie. So uh, yeah, I'm with it. It was fantastic, another fantastic performance for her. But got to talk about Taylor Smith, like you mentioned, Lisa. You got to give me a second to talk about this too. I love that you brought up the goal and seeing again scenes, absolute scenes around Taylor Smith nailing what ended up being the game winner in this one, but also just the way in which this goal developed is not something that we've been able to see from Gotham in a consistent basis this year, right? It's something that we thought we were going to see, but just haven't seen it. We saw this excellent ball through from Naho Kawasumi. You're talking just just breaking the line to connect with Taylor Smith, who had the presence of mind to continue her run as soon as she saw Kawasumi get on this ball and then just completely clinical with the finish and nailing it at the end. Delightful. This might have been my favorite match of the weekend, except they were all fantastic in their own respective ways. But a big win, I think, for Gotham as 
they have several a number of games in hand more than some other teams at at the moment. A lot of teams are hitting uh, the halfway point, uh, you know, this month for for the season, and they're going to be embarking on the second half of their seasons. But Gotham has a chunk of a, a couple games there under their belt as well in hand to sort of aid them, perhaps towards the end of the season. So getting uh, getting a win like this uh, during a time like this in the month of July, I think is big uh, for this team, for sure. Last one, Lisa, you ready? I am so ready. We got to talk about this California clash. California love. Let's go. <laughs> Angel City. Angel City FC. I will versus never San Diego Wave. <laughs> San Diego Wave FC. Two, one. Angel City. Claire Emsley said not today. 2-1. Lisa, what were the picks? And let's talk about this game. Oh, the picks. Gosh, I'm, I had them all up all episode. I just closed them. I had San Diego. You had Angel City. Congratulations, Sandra. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I just want to thank the entire city of Los Angeles. I want to thank <laughs> Angel City. Ross. I want to thank the arrival of Claire Emsley. I want to thank Sydney LaRue for bringing the energy. It Jen Gardner at the game, bringing out the the <laughs> orange slices with Glennon after full time. I mean, Listen, this game uh, was 22,000 they reported at uh, the sold out a sellout. Huge. The calling this game um, was tremendous to have that type of crowd at Bank of California Stadium, it was it was huge. Um, you could just feel the energy throughout the entirety of this game and all of it in favor of Angel City, which is exactly what you want in A, a rivalry match, and B, a home match for Angel City. Um, perhaps one of the biggest games of the weekend, I'm going to say. Although OL Reign Portland, um, that Cascadia rivalry is always huge. This was the first between Angel City and San Diego in the regular season, of course, um, and the first at Bank of California Stadium. There was a lot heading into this match, so much buildup, and and it all got started incredibly fast. Angel City opens the scoring. Um, a nice little assist from June Envo, Endo finding none other than Captain Allie Riley, overlapping run from the outside back position, and she ends up getting a goal right between Carly Telford's legs. And uh, honestly, the celebration from Riley, better than the goal, because <laughs> she was just so happy. And like, how could she not be? That stadium just went nuts. That's the other thing I think I'm looking at, too. Like, now that we're hitting a certain point in the season, I'm looking at the goal sellies too. You've had time to perfect some of these folks. I, I love the goal. Sellies, so I want to see more of it. Hopefully we get to continue to see more of it as the season enters, uh, enters like, uh, the second half. But you could just tell it. how much it meant to Allie Riley in that moment yeah. to get that goal and playing in her hometown, playing for Angel City. I'm in this huge rivalry. It, it was just Pure excitement from her. Um, but as this match went on, uh, just a few minutes later, Tyler Lucy gets her first yellow oh. card. You, you might not think anything of it, about it. Is in this game, but she gets her first yellow card. Maybe it, definitely a foul, maybe a little bit weak of a call, though. I think um, there was a lot of balls throughout this game and so many different fouls. And a lot of them uncalled for. I know that the the fans in the stadium weren't too happy about it. Overall, nine to Angel City, seven to San Diego throughout the entirety of this match. But Tyler Lucy gets her first yellow, first one in the 22nd minute. She ends up getting a second one towards the end of this game and has to be taken out. But not before San Diego makes some incredible changes. I'm I'm just so impressed with Casey Stoney, Sandra. And I've said it before, but her game management and her ability yeah. to know the players that she has, um, understands what the players that she has on her roster can do and how they can change a game. She subs on Katie Johnson and immediately Johnson changes the game. Um, and that's what San Diego needed in that moment. And she ends up getting the assist on the Chris McNabb goal that becomes the equalizer in this match, the 59th minute, so just before the hour mark, it was, it was huge. Honestly, that equalizer was huge for San Diego. 
Yeah, I think the timing of it too, like you, like you're you're specifically mentioning mentioning the hour mark and and Casey Stoney as well. I think that's what I was looking at too. I love more than the end of the matchups that we see team to team or individual matchups that we see one v ones and duels on the pitch between players. I really love the coaching battles as well. So looking into this one, I I kind of had it going a little bit towards Stoney's way, just because I like how she has taken control over her team, managed the team through her, their inaugural season, quite frankly, versus somebody like Afreya Coombe, who uh, has some NWSL experience already with uh, outside of Angel City and then came in as a coach. And there are moments, I think even you and I, we were talking about last week, being out in California, watching, uh, watching the team in action out in L.A., uh, curious about some of the, the, the tactics, curious about some of the substitutions or lack thereof uh, for these players uh, during uh, the beginning part of this season so far. But something happened in this game. And I think it really was the, the fact that Tyler Lucy ended up leaving the game. So you have a game that's leveled wow. at this point. But the thing about going down a player or missing a player from another team is something like that opens up a game, not just for the opposition, but even for the team that it impacts. And so we saw some of that energy, kind of that momentum kind of shift just enough in Angel City's favor where they were able to it's capitalize like they were on that. Off. It's like Angel City got so pissed off that Lucy got that second yellow card, which sends her off the field. And Lucy was pissed. You could see that. She looked like she was trying not to cry. So much frustration from her. I felt for that player as she's leaving the pitch. And that happens in the 79th minute. Not but two minutes later, Angel City gets the ball and they go in the attack. At this point, there's been a bit of rotation. Um, yep. Sydney LaRue got in the start, uh, her first start with Angel City, 90 minutes for LaRue. Um Charlie, Simone Charlie had come into the pitch and gotten significant minutes and she's part of this play. And before you know it, Angel City is into the attack. Uh, Ricaro has subbed on as well. She sends a cross in and what ends up uh, intending to go to LaRue, it's behind LaRue. It's off of the target. It's Claire Emsley, Scottish International, getting her first minutes with Angel City. The ball falls to her on a silver platter. She does not take that opportunity for granted, and she finds the back of the net. It was such a clinical finish in such a high-stress moment for a player like Emsley. To um, it, it was one of the greatest moments watching this game as, as Emsley scores this goal in what turns out to be the 81st minute and ends up being the game winner. Huge. Scenes. Scenes, Lisa. Absolutely. I was freaking out. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> absolute, absolute. Whoever, whoever was watching this game at home and screamed at that moment or jumps out of their chair, know that we are also doing that in the booth. I it's actually uh, mute myself a lot because I don't <laughs> want to audibly gasp a lot on air. So I mute myself and I'm like, what's happening? Just a little insight. <laughs> I think it absolutely delivered, I think, for me. You know, the the right the uh the regular season chapter of this of this rivalry for these two teams. I thought it absolutely delivered. Uh I thought it was one of the better performances that we've seen from Angel City. Um in their brief, very brief history in uh, in an NWSL regular season. Eleven games under under their belt for them and uh, fish again, like one of the teams that we're talking about officially at the halfway point of, of their season. And uh, I just thought you could just sort of see this sort of mentality, the, uh, the will to sort of lock in and, and sort of play through the 90 minutes. It's really, really shown through for them. And obviously you have to note uh, the sort of 12th player behind them. In that sell in that sellout crowd, so it was. I thought it absolutely delivered, and uh, this is the this is the moment we talk again. We're ending out with this game, and and we'll just reiterate this. These these are the moments that we're talking about. This is the areas in which you have to remind yourself that this is a certain t time and point in the season. Uh, there are players missing in every single game on both sides of the ball, so you play the game in front of you, and you play the opposition in front of you, and that's what Angel City did. And someone walked away with the win. Someone walked away with a loss. So uh, it's uh, it's something that we're going to keep an eye on. I think moving forward, I think because there was such a 
such a highly competitive game in, in this one and such an exciting game. I think it's something that we'll keep an eye on in the future and, and probably a game that folks will want to see on I want to be in that network TV, you know, and or, or live and in person, you know, one of those games that people circle on their calendar and say, this is, if I can only go to go one game a year, maybe this is the game that I want to go to. So uh, delightful, delightful to see, yeah. uh, to see these two teams uh, go at it. And uh, let's, you know, for fun, that, that, that closes the chapter on NWSL weekend, but uh, there's a lot of soccer happening across the globe, quite frankly. Uh, we have been doing a lot of coverage of the CONCACAF W Championship. If you're joining us live, reminder that the group stage finale will be taking place on Monday, tomorrow, mañana. So tune in to Paramount Plus to check out the final group stage matches there. But there's a ton of other things going on around the world. There's AFCON, there's Euros, there's Copa America. Everyone's uh, in action. But uh, Euros has also been providing some exciting stuff, Lisa. Let's uh, maybe just for to keep folks informed in case they haven't been able uh, to tune in. Uh, maybe let's run down some of these results for them. For sure. I would love to because if you're not watching the Euros, um, you're frankly missing out. Our very own Lori Lindsay has been on the call for a number of them. She'll be in studio tomorrow, Monday, uh, so you can catch her there. But a number um, of different situations. There's four groups in the Euros. I'm going to start with Group A, right? We're just going to start at the top with this one. Norway, England, Austria, and Northern Ireland are in this group. And to start things off, Norway beat Northern Ireland 4-1. to one. Um, But I was really impressed with England and what they were able to do. Now, uh, they are the host country in this one. So coming out with a 1-0 win over Austria may not seem as impressive to some casual fans, but being the host nation and and being England and having uh, get their first win, right? There's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of pressure. We've seen it with CONCACAF and, and Mexico hosting that W championship. So for England to get the win, 1-0, a shutout over Austria, that's huge. So Norway, number one in Group A at this point, and England, number two. Um, do you want to take Group B, Sandra? Yeah, sure. I could take Group B. Let's take a look at Group B because we had a uh, we had some bangers uh, to open up the match day in Group B: Germany, Spain, Finland, and Denmark, all repping Group B. We've got Germany with a 4-0 win. We've got Spain with a 4-1 win, uh, respectively, over Finland and Denmark. Listen, I gotta I gotta say. Spain, a lot of attention with, uh, you know, Alexis Buteas, who's unavailable for mm-hmm. this Euros, went out and did the thing. Uh, when you have a player like Bon Mati, I mean, I think you're always going to be in it. In Germany, though, just to talk about them a little bit, really excited for this team. Uh, they're a young squad, I think, putting it together at the exact right time. So I'm excited to sort of see how they continue to play out their Euro. So uh, a lot of bangers. Uh, Go check out the highlights uh, if you haven't uh, been able to check them out just yet. Uh, How about Group C, Lisa? They had a lot of action too. Some action in Group C for sure. I've just been, Germany is, man, a powerhouse. Germany's defense is really fun to watch. It's the soccer in the Euros right now is, I'm like geeking out about it. But Group C, we've got Portugal, Switzerland, Netherlands, and Sweden. Portugal played against Switzerland first and Netherlands against Sweden. Portugal, Sweden, that game ends in a 2-2 draw. Um, And then Netherlands, Sweden, a 1-1 draw. So um, Portugal is technically at the top of the standings tied with Switzerland because of that 2-2 draw. And then Netherlands, Sweden fill out the bottom of that one. So this group is pretty tight. Uh, just uh, based on uh, the play, I think it'll shake out a little bit. I, I think Portland, or excuse me, I think Portugal uh, will will find a way on Wednesday is when this group plays again. Portugal will take on the Netherlands, uh, so Switzerland against Sweden. So um, that happens on Wednesday. So these are spread out a little bit in terms of like uh, CONCACAF and W Championship, but ties across the board in Group C for the Euros. We had a mix in Group D, had a win and a draw in that one. You had Iceland and Belgium playing out uh, to their draw. But France, a 5-1 win for them. Looking saucy, looking really, really good right now uh, over Italy, who I think uh, 
you know, looked a little lost at times, I think, during during this match against uh, against France. But uh, good on uh, the French side to go ahead and uh, deliver the big, big, big dub and the uh, their match day one. For French, for France, all the goals coming in the first 45 minutes. So heading, imagine you're Italy heading into the locker room and you're now losing 5-0. Oh. Uh, they end up getting one back, which is great, right? But I think there was a lot of question marks um, about France and kind of how they were going to compete in this Euros. Yeah. And if, if they were going to be what everyone had expected them to be or could expect them to be. And I think this was a very, this was a statement game for France against Maybe. Italy. I just... I think those questions are around a team. I've been around a team like France for a little while now, their program and the personnel that they have. Uh, but I think like those are early questions right now. I think they're going to honestly pretty much breeze through this group stage. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's a question more for potentially later down the line in, in the knockout rounds. Uh, I just think that, you know, going, cause I mean, you look at maybe someone who was around Italy, there was a lot of energy around yeah. this team as well. And they just look lost and flat. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, everybody, uh, keep your eye uh, on the Euros. Uh, shout out to Copa America. They're also uh, a tournament that's uh, getting underway. Match day one in the books. Two groups, similar to CONCACAF, two groups, uh, Group A and a Group B, five teams in each of the groups. Uh, Ecuador and Colombia currently on top of their standings with Chile, Paraguay, and Bolivia closing out Group A uh, after match day one. And for Group B, might be familiar with a couple Brazilians on the Brazilian national team in in Dabinha Keraline. Uh, they are on top of Group B right now with three points, and Venezuela is right behind them, followed by Peru, Uruguay, and Argentina to close out Group B. So the cool thing about some of these these particular um, competitions is you can, uh, if you are able to get access to them on the state side of things, you're able to, I believe people are using, uh, being sports, uh, mm-hmm. to watch women's AFCON, uh, right now, which is that that's actually a thing that everybody <laughs> should be watching. If, if they get a chance, uh, three groups, four team or, uh, yeah, four teams in each group, uh, Morocco, Zambia, South Africa on top of their groups right now, uh, Nigeria with a big win today, making, uh, things interesting in group C right behind South Africa, but uh, people are using BN for that. Uh, I believe ESPN, Fox for the other ones. So they're, they're, it's accessible, a lot of these things. I think if folks are um, getting a chance stateside to sort of spread out their soccer in the summer, it's it's a big, big summer of soccer. I really hope people are taking uh, the time to you know tune in whenever and whenever they can, whether it's league-wide for NWSL or some of these other really, really fun competitions that we're shouting out right now. A lot of work going on behind the scenes for these two, right, Lisa? There's a lot of work going on. Not only is the soccer fantastic, but people that have been around attacking third, uh, you'll hear some familiar faces. Lori Lindsay, she's on the call for a lot of these. Uh, Melissa Ortiz, who we had on for the Columbia preview and U.S., um, had those friendlies against Colombia. She's on Copa America. I believe Lori Lindsay's doing some Copa America too. So you'll recognize some friendly voices from attacking third uh, when you watch these. But the, the soccer is just amazing, right? It's great to see the competition and uh, how certain players, you'll recognize some of them. I, I know you talked about the Brazilians that are in the NWSL um, and watching them for their nations and seeing if they're in different positions or the different roles they have. It's a great way to learn the game and continue absorbing it. Um, and this is the summer of soccer. There's a lot going on. It is fantastic. We're keeping up with it all. So yeah. if you don't get to watch it, we'll, we'll do our best. <laughs> we'll you guys in here, but try to watch them because, man, this, this football is amazing. You, all day tomorrow. Can watch it all during the day. You've got the Euros at night. You've got Concacaf W Championship. Just turn on your TV and watch soccer all day. Call out a work. Uh, we are exhausted, but we are happy to be here, and that's the vibe, and that's the energy. We're gonna keep going. Listen, we hope you have all enjoyed what we have been talking about here today in Attacking Third, and everything that we talk about on Attacking Third. Quite frankly, and honestly, if you have enjoyed everything, I just want to remind you that we've been nominated for the best female hosted podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So if you can do us 
a major, major favor. We appreciate everything you all do for us and hopping on these lives for us. But go on over and uh, vote for us during uh, during this window of time of the voting period to advance to the final round. So to nominate Attacking Third, you go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. Toggle down to the female hosted podcast category. Go ahead and vote for us. It takes a, a quick 60 seconds. Uh, do it online. If you are if you do watch us uh, on YouTube, we have a really cool little QR code in the corner there that you can go ahead and use to, to vote for us. So we really appreciate the help. Thanks for sticking around and listening to Attacking Third. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Attacking Third. Or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows or available video, hit subscribe, youtube.com slash attacking third. And Lisa and I will be back covering the CONCACAF W Championship in depth, United States versus Mexico coming up, y'all. It's going to be a big one tomorrow on Paramount Plus. We're going to hit you with a live recap. So watch us after the game. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!